morning, everybody. Welcome to the Free State Podcast. This is episode 12, I believe. We're on episode 12. Uh, I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Doug. Good to have you with us. All right. Um, so uh, Scott and I went to the uh, the gun show at the Anne Arundel County Fairgrounds this past weekend. Um, that was a good time. Scott, did you have a good time? We went on different days, but... Uh, yeah, it definitely did. Um, our common friend Travis, who was there both days, he said it was about three times as many people on Saturday compared to Sunday, so it was a little bit lighter, but did get to talk to a lot of people, meet some new people. So it was good. 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 Yeah, it was um it was raining a little bit and there was a few holes in the roof, so we had a had a drip we had to deal with on Saturday. But uh but yeah, it was good. It was good outreach. Um it's it's always I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but it does always surprise me uh, how few people either have never heard about the Libertarian Party or know very little about the Libertarian Party. Um, so it was cool. A lot of people, a lot of people, because we have like lib in the first, like in our name, people think we're a bunch of like liberal, like leftists. And uh, when we had a, a, a decommissioned RPG on our table, People were like, oh, you guys aren't a bunch of liberals. You do like guns. Like, yes, we like we like rocket launchers and uh, <laughs> grenades and stuff like that. You know, so that was cool. Um, hand out a bunch of constitutions. Shout out Travis for all those con- pocket constitutions. So, yeah, it was a good event. A uh, good way to start off the season of doing things and all the stuff. Um, so uh, I guess let's get into it. Um, we, uh, I'll preface this by saying I have no notes prepared. Uh, my son started lacrosse last week, so two nights a week, that's been taking up my time when I would usually do my notes on Monday for Tuesday show. Mondays, uh, are full of five-year-olds and lacrosse and it's like herding cats that are on fire, but, uh, it's been fun. It's been a very good time. Um, so I have no notes tonight. I'll, uh, get in the groove hopefully here soon um we actually had a game yesterday his first game uh we lost but it's all right me the fundamentals look good so i'm, I'm happy with it ground balls that's that's uh, my main focus is getting them to be good at ground balls because ground balls wins games if uh if there's any lacrosse players out there you know that all right so the first bill i have is for anaroma county uh this is similar to a bill that got passed in baltimore county uh not too long ago it is uh, Bill 19-23. It is a ordinance concerning public safety, ban the bag act of Anne Arundel County. Uh, it was introduced by uh, Rodveen, Hummer, and Pickard. Pickard, the leftist soldier of Anne Arundel County. Uh, it's for the purpose of prohibiting the retail distribution of plastic bags in Anne Arundel County, defining certain terms. Establishing the duties of retail establishments, making a violation a Class C civil offense, providing for the enforcement of the prohibition on plastic bags, allowing retail establishments to distribute paper and reusable bags at no cost until a certain date, providing for a delayed effective date, and generally relating to public safety because those plastic bags will kill you. Only if you put them over your head. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We are preventing uh, toddler deaths, I guess, with this bill. That's the whole plan. Um, nothing 
nothing to do about. I, Go ahead. Yeah, I wonder if the public safety aspect of it has any impact on like the time. You know, does that make it any kind of emergency thing or not? Um, it, it, I don't. I'm not sure. That's that's probably you're probably right. Um, it, it probably because it did just get introduced. Um, like not that long ago. Uh, it says here in the 6th, it got introduced on March 6th. So it's probably puts it at the top of the docket, if I had to guess, because it's con- concerning public safety. Okay. Um, let me go ahead and share this so everybody can look at it. Nope. Nope. There we go. Third time's the charm, baby. Yeah, I'm definitely off my game tonight. Sorry, everybody. It's all good. So uh, here we have proposed County Council of Anne County Legislative Session 2023, Day 5, Bill 19-23. Introduced in first read on March 6th, public hearing is set for April the 3rd, which is this coming Monday. Uh, Bill expires on June 9th, so I guess if it doesn't pass by June 9th, then uh, that's it for it until, I guess, next year. Um. So I'm. Um, this is this is a lot. This is a lot of words for just a plastic bag. Yeah, you, uh, you've read it, Scott. You've read it through, right? So uh, give us a quick synopsis, and then we can go through and kind of uh, dissect the bill for what it says. Yeah. So I believe this is like a copy of similar bills that have passed. I think I know they passed one in Baltimore County. Um, they may have passed one in Howard as well. Um, but I'm not sure about that, but basically the way that these work is they ban plastic bags. They force retailers to charge a 10 cents surcharge for every brown paper bag or reusable bag that they give to a customer. Um, that 10 cents is not a tax. It doesn't go back to the government. It's actually kept by the retailer, but if they don't, you know, count how many bags are given out, um, and then charge that charge to the customer. Um, they're subject to fines. Um, and it's just, if you think about it, you know, if you think about it, it's um, really adds a lot. You know, all these retailers are going to have to update their point of sale systems to uh, count this, tally this, print it on the, it's required to be printed on the receipt. Um, and so it's, it's a really, big burden for a lot of businesses. Um, a lot of the big box stores probably are already ready to adapt to this because other localities have done similar bills. The people that it's going to fall hardest on are going to be your local small businesses, like your mom and pop shops, maybe, you know, like restaurants, carry out places. It's, it's going to affect all of them. So like, uh, you may not know the answer. <clears throat> Maybe we can find it out if you don't. But uh, like, what about businesses that are already using paper bags? Uh, I know the restaurant that we are going to start holding our uh, Orange County meetings at. They already do paper carryout bags. They don't do plastic. So are they going to have to charge an extra ten cents for something that they already do? Do you know that question? Uh, answer. By reading the bill, it seems like they would. Um, that's not that's something else I hadn't even thought of. So, well, because I mean, it's kind of just one of those things that have 
been adopted by some places, not every place, but some places to where, I mean, it's a, a brown paper bag. I mean, I don't know. I like having brown paper bags around the house. Great start fires. They're, you know, you just throw them in the recycling bin. You don't have to either store them and have a big ball of plastic bags or just throw them in the trash knowing they're just going to go to landfill and not break down for the next 80 years. Um, so, I mean, I feel like public opinion has already kind of pushed us towards paper bags in a lot of ways. Um, and this, this just seems just so redundant. I mean, and does this like, and, and like, it doesn't include like plastic, you know, cup tops from, you know, fast food restaurants or like you get a slice of pizza from Seven Eleven, and it's got like cardboard but it's got that layer of plastic film on the top so you can you can see your shitty pizza um so i mean ultimately this is just going to affect mostly mom and pop places because uh mom and pop places are the ones that would use plastic bags the most if i had to guess right yeah i mean i've been thinking about it everywhere i've kind of shopped in the last week or so after the bill dropped like i got some takeout from Lido Pizza, which is a local pizza joint, and the you know the pizza is obviously in boxes, but some of the other appetizer items they give them to you in in plastic bags. Um, uh, if you've ever shopped at Aldi, Aldi is a grocery store. Um, and basically, the bill is is their bag policy. They they don't give out plastic bags. They charge you for brown paper bags, I believe, and then the expectation though is you bring your own reusable bag. Um, and you know, if, if people prefer that, then maybe they should shop there. And, but, and I think it kind of says something about what the preferences of most people are that most stores have not adopted a similar policy. Yeah. I mean, if people are going to ask for it, like, I mean, Aldi, like you said, if they force you to, we shop at Aldi too, and they force you to do it. And you know, half the time we've, forget our reusable bags and end up having to buy the, I think they're like 12 cents at Aldi. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, whatever, I'll, I'll pay 12 cents just to shove as much shit as I can in a paper bag. Um, but like from my restaurant experience, right? So you do carry out most like carry out places. Uh, you know, they hand you food, your food over a pass where other people's food and containers and stuff touch. So my only my my big concern about the reusable bags, especially for like carrying out like at restaurants, like ready to eat food, is you're putting people's potentially like dirty ass bags that have been like in the trunk of their car where like they put their dog when they go to the dog park and shit. Same bag, dog hair, whatever's on the dog's feet, whatever. Those bags are going to be going onto a restaurant's like like carry out countertop where other people's food is going to go sit before you put it in your bag. So, like, from a a restaurant uh, employee veteran, like, this is it. It almost I hate the word cringe, but it makes me cringe in the literal literal sense that it's like kind of disgusting, right? It's one thing to like put your like groceries in a reusable bag, but to put like your ready to eat foods in a bag of you know who knows how many people have come in there that day to get food. And that same counter, sure, the restaurant should be wiping it down, but it's a carryout place. There's no food being prepared there, so I think legally you don't have to you don't have to wipe it down. Um, that's just it. Just it 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 kind of 
freaks me out a little bit how potentially gross this could get. You know what I mean? I mean, think the, the government likes to think of worst case scenarios when it comes to food, right? So worst case scenario is, uh, you know, you have a bag where you, you keep in your trunk of your car where a dog goes. Dog stepped in something that could have, you know, salmonella, E. coli, uh, norovirus. It could have any of these number of things. It could have some sort of parasite. Like, you know, you don't, you don't know, right. You just do not know what is on the bottom of these people's bags. And that's where you're going to put your bag. That's where you're going to, they're going to put your food to put into your bag. Because if I had to guess, these restaurants aren't going to put their food in your bag. It's like, okay, here's your carryout containers, put it in your own bag and, and get the hell out. Uh, this just like, it, it screams just unsanitary practices to me. Um, you know, the health department sucks. Uh, having had dealt with them for a very long time. Uh, but, you know, some things are just kind of common sense and like think worst case scenario kind of deals, right? Because that's what they make us do in the restaurant. They make you think about, oh, the old lady who has cancer and has like no immune system. So you like that's you got to think every person that you're serving is either like an infant or like an old person with cancer and no immune system. So this just screams like unsanitary practices to me, uh, and it's I, it I just it's really gross. It's that's that's all I can say is that it sounds like a really gross practice. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't see this. This isn't going to help the environment at all. It's really, really not. Yeah, I mean, and in the bill there are some like exemptions, but it it doesn't cover like takeout food like what you're kind of talking about it covers you know like the little bag they have in the produce section for for produce um that you know bag for like raw meat from a butcher or something that and or, or bakery goods um you know those those are exempted but um newspapers you know journalists got to be exempt too um <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i'm reading like so it says bakery goods are unwrapped prepared foods uh, bulk items, including fruit, vegetable, nuts, grains, candy, or small hardware items, uh, raw meat or seafood or other foods, uh, the state or consistency of which is not conducive to the use of anything other than plastic carryout bags, newspapers, fresh flowers, potted plants, or herbs. Like, I mean, it's pretty much only the, you know, the... The, the bags that you get when you buy shit. It's the thank you bags. Yep. It's the ones that everybody, yeah. you know, uses for their, you know, bathroom trash can or. I, I was just about to add that too. It's like, you know, it's, you know, they're targeting single use plastic bags, but, you know, when I get them, I save them. I have, you know, like you said earlier, a big ball of plastic bags in the closet. Um, use them for trash cans, use them for cleaning up dog waste. Um, you know, it's just. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. Like, you go to, you know, you're supposed to carry around plastic baggies for your dog, right? That's like mm -hmm. the, even if it's not a rule, it's, you know, it's good common practice. So it's like this one instance to where it's going to affect the, it's going to affect the, the establishments, not in a super inconvenient way, but it's one more thing they have to add to uh, their point of sale. It's another charge they have to charge the customer. Um, and then they have to implement it, right? They either have to switch out all of their, uh, 
kind of hardware that holds like plastic bags. Like you go to the, like a self checkout thing. They have all those metal holders for all the plastic bags. You're going to have to switch those out. They're going to have to stack up, you know, they can only, if you, you know, you can see the difference between stacking up a paper bag versus a plastic bag, how much more plastic bags you can hold. So like, it's just, it, it's not going to help the environment. It's just going to hurt these retail establishments. Um, it, uh, the violations are uh, Class C civil offense. The county may enforce this section through injunctive proceedings or any other appropriate proceedings. Uh, a retail establishment shall be given a warning for the first offense, uh, except as provided in the subparagraphs two and three. Multiple violations during a consumer transaction at a single point of sale constitutes a single offense. So at least they're not going to like stack them for like one person, like give one person five bags. You don't get five violations. You get one. Uh, the provision of one or more plastic carryout bags per consumer transaction at a single point of sale is a single offense. The failure to charge, collect, or retain at least 10 cents per paper or reusable carryout bag that a retail establishment provides to a customer is a single offense. So even if these places, so they can't even give out the paper bags is what it sounds like. They have to charge 10 cents for them. But what's I, what I'm trying to figure out is why is the arbitrary number 10? Like, I feel like they just like threw a dart at a board and said, oh, by the way, it can't be a nickel and it can't be a penny. It has to be 10 cents. Like I, This just reeks of just bureaucratic BS that just, it doesn't have any real world application. It just... All the way down to that, this is this is a Looney Tune bill. I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is just something that everyone's trying to follow suit because everybody wants to see who can out yuppie the other, and it really just feels yeah. like that's what's happening right now. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I prefer plastic bags over paper ones. Why? Because plastic has at least a little bit of give in it where it'll stretch. Paper just catastrophically rips when it's slightly too moist outside, <laughs> or, or so, the handles break. Yeah, like oh. The fact that they even try to put handles on paper bags is absolutely laughable. And it's actually a reason I believe that the intelligence curve should be more stringent. But at the same time, <laughs> the, the reality is that this is just like I've been listening to you guys. You guys are making great points. And for me, it's just I don't even think you need to make intellectual points about this. I can just point out like paper bags kind of suck. <laughs> so I don't really understand well the concept. Yeah, the, the goal isn't to it's it's act the, the 10 cent charge is to discourage the use of paper bags by by the customer. Uh, and the, the goal is to get people to use the reusable bags. Um, as, in the little, as in those goofy little tote bags that everybody uses. Yeah, those ones that like, you know, kind of sort of have household use, but not really. Yes. Yep. Hmm. And, and the ones that if you don't clean them, you know, get are absolutely nasty bacteria and absolutely line. disgusting right yeah yeah i know because you made a point about them earlier that's why i guess maybe i blotted it out of my mind because i was like oh yeah my dog pissed in it on the way to the on the way to the <laughs> well that's all park. i got yeah it's like yay no no it is not a, yeah but of course most of these yuppies don't like i'm just i know that sounds yeah. like rah, but i mean it's just that's really the is. people that push for it i think it's it true because if if you're a person of means and you're ordering your gro you're you're not going to the grocery store yourself maybe you're ordering everything on instacart or, or whatever you know um so this doesn't affect you if that's the case and just like everything else that's being legislated in the state of maryland right now by the new administration it all benefits the well-to-do 
I mean, first they came for the gas cars, now they're coming for plastic bags. I don't understand. <laughs> Personally. It's by design, boys. Put on your tinfoil hats. <laughs> Do you have the documents? <laughs> We're breaking the conditioning! Uh, they're turning the frogs gay, and they're banning our plastic bags. Buy these vitamin supplements. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having uh, some physical difficulties over here with my uh, mic stand. Yeah, I'm about uh, talked out on this bag, bag ban bill. Are you guys ready to move on? <laughs> yeah, it's this is just... Yeah, I'm ready to move on for sure. I, uh, you, I did ruin my mood if we talk more about this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I did see something about um, the the type of bag. They they even say it has to have stitched handles and all this shit. So they're really getting specific about what reasonable bag you can and cannot use. So, uh, so yeah, they're getting really whack about it. All right, um, let's move on to this next uh, bill that came across my desk not desk but came across to me today um it is uh house bill 069 nice nine nice. Uh, so hp 0699 it is state and local government proof of vaccination for employees and applicants for employment prohibition vaccination by choice act in parentheses uh, it has a bunch of sponsors um two of them are two yes Two are in uh, my district, uh, Chisholm and Kipke, and there is a house hearing on that. Uh, no, where is it? I think it's coming up soon. I had it. Um, let me let me open it up. I got it up. The hearing was March sixth at one. Okay, which so it already happened. And uh, from the little ticker, it's still in committee. So. Uh, that's never a good sign when things like that are still in committee because look how fast HB1 flew through everything. And uh, I mean, does are. that does that effectively mean this is because they already didn't they already have like the crossover day where things needed to be leave and go to the other chamber? Um, I think I think this week, I think it might be this week is the last week okay. that can happen. So the fact that it's still in committee probably means that it's dead in the water. Um, so, uh, it might be worth reaching out to uh, your delegate and saying, asking them to vote favorably for this. Um, let me, uh, oh shit, let me bring up the docs real quick. I'm having some real physical difficulties over here. Jimmy, can you play that back? <laughs> So uh, it was brought on by a lot. I mean, you don't see a lot of bills that have this much people that have signed on to it before it even comes to the floor. Um, it's Delegate Morgan, Eric Ann, Baker, Chisholm, Siliberti, Fisher, Greist, Grammer, Hornberger, Howard, Kipke, Mangione, McComas, Miller, Morgan, now Rocky, Otto, Schmitz, Slegia. Is that how you say her last name? 
Salegia, something like that. Uh, Tomlinson and Wivel. We got Chuck Mangione out here. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, <laughs> this bill does feel so good. However, it doesn't seem like it's going to get out of committee. Uh, yeah, I, mean, the, I was going to say, just knowing the two of our delegates that are on here that are both Republicans, I'm guessing all of these delegates are probably Republicans and knowing the composition of the rest of the house. It's never, not usually a good sign, but yeah, it's a, uh, if, if I had to guess, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I feel like Hornberger. I feel like that's also, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's all Republicans. You should tell us though. Let me see. Um, it's in the Health and Government Operations Committee. But uh, seems like it's a lot of people that in this committee who aren't. <laughs> quick look, quick look. Yeah, it's uh I'm pretty sure it's like all Republicans. If I had to guess. And uh it's probably like all the Republicans in the House, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say I don't think they need to be in the committee that it's in to be a co sponsor. No. And if I had to guess, it's probably the majority of Republicans, if not all the Republicans in the House. Um it did come I just I there's so many bills, right, that I wish I would have picked up on this sooner and talked about it sooner. Right. It seems like it's kind of too late for it. Um, but, you know, you got to give some of these people uh, credit when credit's due. And uh, I applaud them for at least bringing this bill to the floor, even though it looks like it got brought to the floor uh, last year as well. Um, and it was last year, it was HB 0799. And uh, it never got out of committee. And it looks like it was pretty much the same people, plus or minus a few. Um, and the same thing, Vaccination by Choice Act got killed in committee. Never made it out of committee. So uh, that's a real shame. Um, you know, and it's, but it, what's surprising is that a lot of these same people were the ones that were willing to lock down our state and deem people essential or non-essential uh, a few years ago. Um, I know uh, Brian Simon there, the the person I ran against, uh, he was he voted in favor of deeming certain people unessential employees, and uh, and then you know two years later he's you know reverting back like he doesn't understand what once you once you give the government certain powers that they don't you know give it back. So uh, yeah, I mean. I don't remember Chisholm or Kipke ever speaking out against lockdowns when it initially happened um, or very shortly after they happened. So this is what you get. Like this is uh, if I had a clip of the Joker, like you get what you fucking deserve. Unfortunately, we all suffer. Um, but, you know, these these are the bastards that were OK with locking us down years ago and. Now they want it their way, and they're not having it their way. You should have never locked down in the first place, these sons of bitches. So this is this is what we all get, and we keep voting these people in. We don't, but certain people do keep voting these people in, and this is what we're stuck with. Uh, 
if you want to get a government job, which I don't know why you would, but if you want a government job, they can legally force you to be vaccinated before you get your job. That's kind of what I'm what I'm curious about is how many are you know how many because I assume each department's allowed to probably have their own hiring policies that dictate this like how many still are requiring this like I, I would imagine maybe if there it's if it's something in the Department of Health or you know a, you know jobs at hospitals or whatever if those are state level jobs it, those would probably still be requiring it but um I, I, yeah I just don't know. Um, we can probably look it up real quick. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go look at some job postings and see if they yeah, let's do, uh, let's do some let's do some real time research right, right right quick. Maryland uh Maryland government jobs. Yeah. I do know that for most armed security jobs in the state of Maryland and DC, Virginia, you do have to be vaccinated. Really? Wow. Yeah, that, that's a big thing for because a lot of them do government contracts. So it's if you're uh, if you do anything in this area, you are either directly or indirectly working for the federal government. So there's definitely. Right. Unfortunately, this area definitely has which and the voting records of most people here show that as they they do as much as they can to pander to federal mandate. Yeah, it's like you forget about that, like you might work for a company not have any tasks working on a, on a federal contract or a state contract, but if they have other contracts, they're going to have to adopt all of those policies that those contracts require. And, and they'll just apply it to all their employees regardless. Cause it's just easier for them. That's why Maryland has itself in a very unique debacle that it doesn't just have to worry about its state legislation. It has to worry about any federal mandate that comes down because it directly affects us, even at the local level. Hmm. Why couldn't we have been born in like Nebraska or Wyoming? <laughs> well, I've never looked at state job listings. Some of these jobs are like they make entirely too much money. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can also uh, verify that. A Baltimore City Administrative Manager Senior. Uh, the pay range is uh, pretty much $88,000 a year to uh, a little bit over $136,000 a year for Baltimore City. Yeah, what's what's the education requirement on that? Like, Because I know a lot of these like administrative level jobs will probably have a master's requirement. As well. Well, let's see for this job. Uh, des desired or preferred qualifications. Um, it doesn't say anything about schooling. Hmm. It wants you to have certain experience, but I don't see anything about actually having an education. Um, I'm not seeing anything either about, at least on this job, for um, having a, being up to date on your COVID vaccine. Hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's more so like health kind of, let me see, let me see if I can uh, filter it. This is real time. Uh, yeah, I was, I was like, I, I just thinking that just because like, I was surprised when I went out to uh, um, 
visit my mom. She had a surgery. And, you know, when I visit her in the hospital, it was like she still had you wearing masks and everything in there. And it's like I just I thought the science was in on this. I thought the science changed. <laughs> science minds. Yeah. All right. Maryland Department of Health. Let's see. <clears throat> Mm. Geriatric nursing assistant. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> it's like Maryland jobs exposed. <laughs> You're right. Free state podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like I mean, I like it. this is uh let's see further instructions. Um, Coffee getting specialist required, <laughs> required education, master's degree. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing anything on this one about, and you would think a geriatric nursing position would say it. It might be one of those things once you apply to, um, you're like, well, are you vaccinated? Well, usually if you, any nursing position, like, I guess maybe it's an unspoken agreement that you have to have gone to nursing school and actually gotten all your certs first. So I guess it's sort of like, I maybe they're saying it like in the title. I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, the minimum qualifications for this job are mm -hmm. graduation from an accredited high school or possession of a high school equivalency certificate, two years of experience in direct care of patients in a medical setting, uh, applicants may substitute experience in the direct care of patients for the required education on a year-to-year -year basis for up to four years of the required education. Candidates may substitute U.S. Armed Forces military service experience as a non-commissioned officer in hospital corpsman classifications or healthcare specialist and medical services specialty, speciality codes in the nursing field or work on a year-to-year -year basis for the required experience. So, no. You essentially need two years of experience with direct care of patients. Um, and then you can take care of our geriatric citizens of Maryland. But yeah, I'm not seeing anything. And it's, they probably won't put it up there. Or isn't really not any jobs that are actually requiring it. And it's the Republicans putting in this bill, just trying to get some, uh, just kind of grifting off of the Republicans saying, oh, we introduced this bill that means absolutely fucking nothing because no jobs are actually requiring it. And having seen that job posting for geriatric nurse, uh, you know, the people that are actually susceptible to, you know, COVID in a very negative way and they don't require it, at least it doesn't say they require it, then it's it's probably safe to say that 98% of the jobs in the state don't require you to be vaccinated anyway. So uh, it's, it might just start now that I'm looking at it, it kind of just sounds like it's a Republican grift just to try to say, oh, see what we try to do when the Democrats said no. And Well, that's, and, that's, that's any Republican thing that's ever been done in the state of Maryland while they're even well, when they're not in the governor's house. <laughs> you know, that's generally speaking, when you're the minority, all you do is you you pander to your base because you can pretty much suggest anything. And as soon as it gets voted down, like, ah, see, we tried. Womp womp. And that's it. You know, it's a, 
it, that's democracy is you know the popularity contest so boom scott you got anything no i i just yeah that's 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 what this might seem like i think i think you're on to something <laughs> yeah. it's like it's really easy to just introduce a bill you know it's not going to get passed um my favorite one of those is always the Texas secession bill. Like yeah. every every year, it seems that they're trying to secede, and I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> at some point, this is just like they just copy and paste and delete the year and just bring to put another one there. It's just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. I, that is that is in their their Republican uh, platform now in Texas though to support a uh, Texit, I believe. So Texit, that's kind of cool. Texit. Yeah, if, if California and Texas could just secede, that would be amazing. Yeah. What would uh, what would Maryland's uh, secession bill be called? How can we make that catchy? Mexit. Mex. All right. So. Yeah, just one more one more point about this bill, though. Yeah. Too is it's like it's very specific to the COVID nineteen vaccines, and you know. What if there's another, uh, you know, pandemic of, so, you know, something else that, you know, this wouldn't apply to that. Yeah, that's a really good tried, point. Tried to rush something through. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just as a matter of policy, like it's just like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Do employers require other vaccines as well? Like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I know I've had, you know, the, all the ones that you get as a kid, tennis shots and stuff, but like. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that. On a, I know on a my job bar. didn't. Um, we did have the COVID vaccine um, requirement until uh, until the federal government struck down that they were unconstitutional or, or whatever the ruling exactly was for uh, for federal government contractors. Right. Um, but I know like uh, the Baltimore banner, they still require uh, potential employer employees to be vaccinated. At least last I checked, and that was like a month and a half ago. Yeah. So there's definitely still like private entities out there that are still requiring it. Um, and they probably don't want people who would be hesitant about getting the COVID vaccine to be employed by them anyway, I had to guess. Because uh, the Baltimore banner is quite woke. They try to put themselves off as being moderate, but they are not. Um, all right. So... Since we, you know, I'm a shithead tonight and I had no notes. Um, do we want to talk about like what everybody's talking about right now? Like, do we want to go there? You think we should, Doug? Do you want to go there? Uh, hey, if uh, if everybody's game, let's go. All right, let's do it. Uh, so the latest psyop dropped, as most of us know, and uh. Three nine-year-olds, two 61-year-olds, and a 60-year-old got murdered in Nashville in a school shooting at a Christian school by a uh, a trans, a female-to-male trans person. Uh, they didn't use the AR-15. They had an AR-15 with them, but throughout the shooting in the video, it was, it was all a Kel-Tec 2000, which is a 9mm uh, carbine rifle. Um, actually was looking at one at the gun show this past weekend. Um, uh, so w did you guys see the video? Have you guys seen the, the, the cop 
video of it of them actually going Absolutely, in yep. and doing not what the Uvalde police did. Oh yeah, no, it was great. They right. and they they pied the corner perfectly. It was absolutely beautiful, masterful even. And it was so yeah, I was definitely a. I enjoyed watching that. But I know that might not sound great to some people, but I definitely enjoyed watching that. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, just like how you know, until we kind of looked into a little bit more, you know, give credit where credit is due, and uh, you know these these cops did they did their job. They did their job. Um, and they went into the line of fire into a potentially life or a life threatening situation. And they, you know, potentially save the lives of, you know, how many more, more children or, you know, faculty of the school. Um, so that's, that's the basics of it. Right. And now let's, let's talk about the sigh part of it. Cause that's what, that's what interests, interests me. Do you yeah, guys but, oh before we pivot just you know talking about the the body cam footage it's like why are why are the police so resistant to having body cams having them on like you know it's like if you if you're heroes and you're doing heroic things wouldn't you want them captured for you know your own posterity or whatever it's like I think you answered your own question there <laughs> yeah well <laughs> like look at the Duncan Lem situation yeah sure the mm-hmm. you know uh, Montgomery County police didn't legally have to have their right cams on but like if you're doing good work why wouldn't you like you know what i mean like hey this is proof i did some good shit and you know stop hating on cops but when you do fucked up shit that or alleged fucked up shit and then you don't have any proof to say otherwise people are going to keep questioning you um and this was a great example of you know having the film and giving it out to the public like right away, right? This happened what yesterday or when did this happen? Was it yeah, two, yeah yesterday? And like then the and the body cam footage is already out to the public, like of all the officers that were in the building, like when this happened. And uh, this is just like goes to show, like this, like policing can be good. Sure, I, we I think we all agree that it, policing should be privatized, right? But this is a good, this is a, a great example of good policing. And, uh, you know, these these cops deserve, you know, all the credit that we can give them for, you know, sure, you don't need a pat on the back for doing your job. But, um, yeah, I mean, the ch- child killer is dead, you know, rest. I, I'm not going to say what I was gonna say. I mean, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, uh, you know, her pronouns are now dead was were <laughs> yeah was were so yeah um yeah i mean it's, it's a shame that it was another it was a school shooting and you know the this kind of the psyop part of it is that it's a it's a trans person it's uh, a trans person against a christian school when you've had you know a lot of christians saying that there's you know a battle against christianity which i i would somewhat agree that there is right because that's always the, you know, the conservative Republican that's a Christian that, you know, is doing, you know, trans genocide and, and is calling these groomers groomers and things like that. So it, it kind of fits the narrative. Um, and I see, I think it's just going to get more people pissed off at each other. You know, that like once then once the kind of the smoke clears after this and, and, you know, people start talking about it in a l- more, uh, a less critical way of, of actually the, the facts of what happened during that day. I think it's going to just turn into another narrative. That's just going to divide the country even further. 
not just that, but you know, it's uh, Christianity is often in the modern day used as a monolith. It's used as a it's used as a symbol for patriarchy, for boomer parents, for anyone that anybody that ever tells you no, you shouldn't do something. It generally gets related back to the church somehow. Like um, you can also see other religions are persecuted. I mean, white supremacists obviously go after Judaism. You know, there have been hate attacks against Muslims. You know, there's definitely an organized secular ideology that kind of goes against that in a violent way. And it's just, it's definitely something that is uh, worrisome, you know, to have those target groups instead of uh, finding objective things to agree on and things of that nature, we all kind of further and further push out. So you, you are correct there, Brian, I think. I think uh, Cat Turd 2 should do another poll, and we should take it seriously. <laughs> I missed that. What was it? Um, so Trump put out a, a tweet uh, today, yesterday, or Friday. Um, and, you know, do you follow Cat Turd 2 on Twitter? I'm familiar. So yes. he put out a poll, or she, I think it's he, um, put out a poll the other day saying, you know, who Republican, you know, gun to your head kind of thing or whatever, who would you vote for? And it was like Trump, DeSantis or uh, other. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. And uh, Trump won. It was like 62 percent Trump or something like that. And uh, and Trump put out a tweet saying, like referencing it like, oh, yeah, oh. this is this is legit. This is like a legit uh survey which it, it arguably kind of is because all the other um all the other surveys people and they're usually done by some sort of leftist media or something like that let me see if i can find trump's tweet of it or, or they're just done by somebody intending to support a specific candidate yeah it's like a, i know right, the, yeah. the cat turd or whatever they're uh like more trump friendly like and so their audience probably skews that way but if, if it's a big enough account and it's getting retweeted um, I'm probably going to get an a, a more accurate sample that way, at least of Twitter, you know? Yeah. So uh, here he goes. Well, this is not um, necessarily a real place, but. <laughs> uh, Business Insider, Trump touts Twitter poll from at Cat Turd 2, <laughs> showing him with a big lead over. <laughs> it's just great that they got a report um, on this, right? Like. <laughs> yeah. um, Trump touted a Twitter poll conducted by. Cat turd too, <laughs> showing him with a strong lead over DeSantis. A pro-Trump super PAC also reshared the poll on Monday, tweeting new poll results from Cat Turd Two. <laughs> Cat Turd Two quoted the t the tweet shortly after and added, "Ha ha 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 ha." <laughs> um. Yeah. So, oh, that's what it was. Uh, Trump won the poll with sixty-nine percent uh, of the vote. Nice. 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 And I think it was. And I think it was uh, <laughs> like over like 130 some thousand people like voted in on it. So it's it sure it's skewed because Cat Turd is a uh, Trump supporter. But uh, the sample size is larger than most of your normal surveys of like out in the street or, you know, mailing in or calling places and stuff like that. So, you know, there, there might be something of it. And uh, 
here we go. This is another example of the failed dinosaur media. People are taking Cat Turd 2's poll more serious than, you know, like a CNN or Fox News uh, poll. <laughs> so. We got to be living in an episode of South Park at this point. That's all I got to be saying. Like, it, it just, <laughs> ever since like 20, like, 15 i've been just kind of like yeah no there's there's no way that this timeline is real we have definitely gone into a spoof <laughs> We're not, what happened in 2015 no it's like when uh trump and everybody else they announced like the the rumblings of running for president and things like that and like and i was just like no there's no way there's no fucking way oh, I know, 2016 but, but... happened and then when it actually like all the memes that led up to it as soon as 2016 happened for me and moving forward, the world has just gotten more and more ridiculous because you had Trump derangement syndrome, you had the woke movements, you had all other things happening, and we're now here, where Cat Turd is being taken seriously as a political poll. So uh, I think yeah. that's just what I'm saying. The world has just gotten, like, I'm just going to be blunt, it's gotten more and more outrageous as time has gone on. And I'm just like, you know what? It, Yeah. <laughs> we are in an interesting timeline. But what happened in 2015? A very big event happened in 2015. Well, it wasn't just one. Which one? What would you? What is your one that oh, you're no, talking 2016, about? 2016. I was wrong. Harambe died in 2016. Okay. I okay. I was about to say, like, wait, what? No, no. Harambe definitely died in 2016. And you know, yeah. there is the, the evidence is clear that you know. The monkey curse is upon us. We have not we we slayed the gorilla, and now he's slaying our future. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. there you go. Uh, the the slaughter of Harambe was uh, threw us off the the timeline of the time, and now we're in some you know parallel universe where everything is just idiotic, chaotic, and uh, comical most of the time. Right? It, we're it's, in- it's like. We're in a timeline where if you don't laugh, you're just you're just gonna fucking kill yourself. We're in a worse version of the movie Butterfly Effect. That's pretty yes. much what's happening right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, this is uh arguably <laughs> the worst episode yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's it's all right. You know, you gotta you gotta have these uh growing pains. Uh so uh anything else you guys wanna add tonight? Do you have anything that uh, is worth talking about? Um, promise next week off show notes. I, I do promise that because I'm not doing this again. It's time to beat the dead horse here. I think it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks if you watched and I may not even upload this thing to Apple or Spotify. <laughs> like, this is, well, we'll just keep just... it as for posterity. <laughs> if it had been episode 13, you could just treat it like the uh, the 13th floor of a hotel. Yeah, the 13th right? floor, right? God damn it's it. 12. One off. Well, technically, so, technically, if we if we don't air this one, the next one will be 12. So That's true. That's true. Well, it's already out in the ether on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So, uh mm-hmm. Nah, we got to we got to throw it up there. Listen listen to episode episode the cursed episode 12 of the Free State podcast. The cursed 12, we only, yes. We can only go up from here. <laughs> 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 Which sucks right. cuz this is the second episode we have all three of us. <laughs> and it's Hey, 
you know, it's one of those deals where like, you're right. Everything has growing pains and then we're all still trying to figure it out. I mean, I'd much rather it happen now than when we have like a million followers. You know? Right. And we have some ass episode. Yeah. No. Yeah, having turd episodes is better when you're just starting. Yeah. Um, so uh, trying to think of anything coming up. We have the uh, Libertarian Party of Maryland uh, convention coming up on April 8th. Um, if anybody's listening. Or plans on listening. Details um, next week. Yeah, we get the details next week. Uh, but if you're not haven't bought your ticket yet, buy it. If you're not a libertarian, do it. Uh, and then reach out to me if uh, you want to come to the convention and actually vote and uh, vote on executive board and any bylaw changes and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it should be fun. Um, where is it at? I can't, I can't remember. It's like up in. Fifth Company Brewing in Perryville, Maryland. There you go. Um, I hear good things about that place. I haven't been there yet. Uh, Dave Smith was had a show there a few few months ago, a couple months ago, a few weeks ago, something like that. <clears throat> so, uh, and I hear the beer is really amazing and the food's good. So, uh, everybody else, Google Perryville because that's what I had to do and uh, <laughs> get on up there. I have a general idea where it is. Couldn't tell you exactly. Uh, yeah, couldn't tell you how to get in there. Maryland. I think it's somewhere in across the Susquehanna, off of ninety five. It, just it, like everywhere else in Yep, about to say. You're either off 95, 97 over the Susquehanna or the Patuxent. So, yeah. One of them places. So, uh, yeah, with that, everybody, thanks for listening. If you were brave enough to make it to the end. And if you do, let me know. Let me know if you made it to the end of this episode and I'll like Venmo you five bucks or something like that for your time. Um, I think it's you'd at least deserve that. Venmo code um, cat turd <laughs> and the coupon code get $5. Yeah, yeah. Text me cat turd too, and I'll give you $5. At cat turd too for $5. 69%. Cat turd too, 69%. And I'll give you $5. Absolutely. Um, I'll give you a check. I'll write you a check, but you can't cash it for 90 days. So. Just let you throw that out there. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, signing off for Doug and Scott. I'm Brian. Everybody have a good night. Have a good week. And we'll see you next week.